Hello, welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. I'm Chris. And today we're covering all things Carlton. Hey. Um, the Navy oh, Blues. Kind of, yeah. I'm kind of excited. The sworn enemy, Carlton. isn't yeah. it, of yeah. uh, Collingwood? 100%. Yeah. So for those of you who have just tuned in, we have a couple of podcasts out already. We've got Adelaide and Brisbane. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, which is SC underscore Insider underscore. And on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. Yep. Should um, be pretty easy to find us. Feel free to uh, like, share, comment, follow, all that sort of jazz. Yeah. yeah. We are very big on uh, you know, feedback and trying yeah. to get sort of the uh, inclusion of the community. Oh, and if you can, if you've liked the content of the last two, please um, review and comment on our podcast. Um, that'll obviously help us as well if you want to help. I mean, you don't have to, whatever. Okay. <laughs> So, all things Carlton, uh, I'm actually very excited by Carlton this yeah. year. There's a couple of really big Supercoach uh, reliant and uh, friendly players. Um, so, and we're looking. The addition of Brennan Bolton, I think, has really helped their Supercoach or their output. Um, yeah, really giving the power back to them. Yeah, yeah, really good. So, look, we'll go straight into the, we'll go into the guns straight off the bat. So, look at Murphy. And um, Mark Murphy was someone who you really needed to have last year, and if you didn't, then pretty much you're on the back foot straight from go. Yeah, he provided real good early value. Um, I got him on the train out of necessity from injury, uh, and I got him at a really nice price point, but uh, I, too, uh, regretted not having him earlier because he did have some really big scores in that first three, four games, I believe. So. Yep, so basically, I mean, it was his highest averaging, so 108.2, so it's his highest return since 2012, uh, he averaged 117.2 in his opening nine rounds. So, like mm. we said, he really came straight out, of, or pretty much straight out swinging, straight out of the gate. And, um, like I said, if you didn't have him, you would be on the back foot more than Renshaw in a test match. <laughs> so well, he's, he's been waiting three weeks for that one. He did have a quiet, oh, he did he have have? A quiet middle part, <laughs> but uh, look, he didn't score a ton for four weeks through the middle. Uh, that being said, he did average about his uh, yearly average through the back end. So 109.2 yeah. in his final nine rounds. The knock on him's always been that he can't really work through a tag, and he was able to sometimes do that this year, um, which at very least shows development. Um, but there was not a lot of tagging this year of Carlton mids. And I think Cripps coming back should help him, yeah. particularly you know, when he went out for that little period. But uh, even though I don't think Cripps is that taggable, but it, you know, I think... Some teams will really want to sort of shut down his influence wherever possible. Yeah, his impact in games is is huge. Cripps, when Cripps stars, it's because the whole team's playing at, at that same level. They follow him through the gates. It's it's unreal watching it. So yeah, so I don't think he's uh, super coach standard relevant this year, just because. Again, like Price I don't. Point. Yeah, and we've mentioned it before, but uh, it's kind of like a Bitcoin for me. You don't want to buy Bitcoin at twenty thousand uh, dollars. You'd really want to try and get on early. So for me. He's already peaked in price. I don't want to be chasing Mattel and trying to you know, chase the winnings that I could have had. Yeah. Uh, so for me, not really so much in standard, but for draft, at least he's somebody who is fairly consistent when he's uh, on the park. I haven't heard any injury issues with Murphy, which is a plus. Yep. So it should mean that he's had a good preseason as well. I've tipped him you know, somewhere between that 105 to 110 barrier still. I think that he's got potential, but at the end of the day, the, the problem's always going to be he's, you're paying premium price for what he's going to average at the end of the day. Um, so if you can uh, wait until he can uh, dip in form, or what I think you should probably do is wait for that round 12 buy. Um, if you think he's going to be relevant enough yeah. on the back end. Um, so the round 12 buy where there's really only four teams, you really want to target your first mid-upgrades at that point um, to cover you through the, the 13 and 14, which are going to be crazy buy rounds. Um, so you really need to pick two players that you think are going to be top 10, uh, either mids, forwards, or defenders. Cripps. 
Yep. <laughs> um, and get them at that price point, uh, at that round 12. Hope that they, you know, in round 10 and 11, they don't have great games and then pick them up on the cheap in round 12. I'll tell you what, Chris, I'm not even angry that we have to do this podcast again because of the technical issues we had earlier in the week because <laughs> it gives me another chance to talk about Patrick the Beast, Chris. <laughs> I think it's your man crush at this point. <laughs> oh, mate, this this guy is a keg on legs. Like, he's just... I don't know if any of you saw the, uh, the what, propaganda? Is that a safe word yeah. to say? No, no, uh, Carlton is. releasing. And, of course. Uh, I mean, if you had that video in your locker, would you release it? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so Patrick Cripps, he was pretty much pulling down a Mack truck, like a lap pull down. It was impressive. Was he is a rig. He the is an massive. absolute rig. And he can play footy too, which is all right, eh? Well, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> so. He can play forward. Like they, He pinch hits forward. Um, he can take a grab. Um, but he is huge in the middle. He just gets into the pack, picks up the ball, rotates out, shrugs off three defenders and says, see you later, I'm out of here. Um, the one knock is that he does uh, handball a lot, but his disposal by foot's not terrible. I, I've never really thought, oh, he can't kick or anything like that. So um, I wouldn't say he's bad at that, um, but because he's in and under so much, he does do a lot of handball. And some games he can have 10 handballs and 30, um, oh, sorry, 10, uh, 10 kicks and 30 handballs. I don't think he's ever had 40 possessions, but they're, they're, you can get my gist. Um, Maybe you're in a daze because he, only, oh. he, he was 68% disposal efficiency, Chris, which is... Uh, That's from clearances. And any elite mid has a round about that. Not, right? not Dane Beams. Oh, yeah. Mm, not Dane Beams. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I mean, and by all accounts, Cripps has had uh, his first preseason, which is scary. Uh, that's the scary part, which you know, it, it doesn't beg to differ why so many people are putting them in their side already. A, his price point. B, he has such big potential. I mean, mm-hmm. before he got injured, so he got injured on 25, but if you sort of take those games aside, uh, he actually averaged 102.9 for the year. And um, the three games prior to injury, he actually averaged uh, 124.6. So you're starting to string a couple of big games together. And he can go big. He's a momentum player. He gets into these swings and and purple patches where he he just goes huge. Well, not only that, his second year, they were like uh, New Zealand versus St. Kilda, and he scored a 172. And that was a second-year player. Um, So, look, I think this year is Cripps' year. I'm really hoping uh, for big things. Um, I think he's got a huge career in front of him too. He's still very young. Yeah, so, Cripps, um, Cripps is the kind of guy that he could score 130s carrying Daisy Thomas on his back. <laughs> and I mean, by all accounts, he might just have to do that. Well, can he be, I don't know if Daisy Thomas can walk anymore, can he? He's got well, those so ankles, that's why ankles. He's, he's on the back of the beast Cripps. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, and look, and look. There's two ways you can look at this from a, from a Carlton perspective, and this is why he's potentially a really good upgrade option. Is that he does go big and then has a, an off game. Th- there are games last year where he scored in his 40s and 50s, and you want to uh, try and pick him up at that point if you don't have him first, or you've got to hope that he doesn't have those games early. Yeah, um, if he's had a full preseason, preseason, and yeah. he's on song, he's the ground he, running. he could. He's one that could really hurt you if yeah. he starts out. And goes 130, 130, 120, 140. The, patch, the, the Clayton yeah, Oliver of last yeah. year. And he, yeah. go, he goes straight up in price. So therefore, if you have him, it's awesome. And if not, then you're not really going to get him because you won't be paying 700000 or yep. yeah, thereabouts. Or... Yes, correct. For someone you know that you could have yeah. had a lot cheaper. So again, you're looking at if you don't have him, you've got to look to him for the uh, the round 12 buy. That's the, the only real time you can pick him up. If you don't pick him up at that point, he's going to be gone. Um, so de- depending on how you look at it, it that's got to, got to be your strategy when you're picking him up. Um, as far as draft goes, where do you rate him sort of inside the, 
the top I, I actually see him, and this is the funny thing with drafts. So, for those that are spoken about the most, so Cripps is probably the most spoken about person Outside at the, the moment. Top mids. Correct. Yep. So, you look at him, I mean, he needs being spoken about a lot. You have yep. all these other sorts of people, but Cripps is in everything, and everyone's like, he has had, yeah, he's had a good preseason. And he's huge, and he's, you know, this, that, and the other. And he's a good scorer when he gets on the park. So you look at all the advertising, all the media talking him up, and you're going to see that reflected in his standard in so many people picking him in their sides. Uh, I mean, look at some of the burns from last year. Like, some people were talking up all these sorts of players, like Tuke Miller. I mean, look at where he is now. Would you put him in your side this year? Probably not. Yeah. So... Last year I, I um I had targeted Cripps for a certain round and he went two selections before me and I picked up Seb Ross instead. Now it wasn't necessarily a bad selection because I think they averaged about the same. However, um Ross was really good at the start of the year and Cripps towards the middle towards the end and then he got injured. But um those games where I needed Ross Ross to score yeah, well. I, I picked up like a Robbie Gray instead of uh, yeah, Cripps, which yeah. Probably wasn't the best thing either. So, you know, I see him going around. Uh, he could go second round this year for someone that's desperate enough, particularly on the back end, a.k.a. Chris. Yep. <laughs> um, but I see him anywhere between that sort of, what, 17 to 27 mark. He will go yep. in the top three rounds, I see. I don't think he'll last past my selection at pick 30, just so you know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I sort of earmark him at that. He's going to be someone's second mid. So depending on if they go early on a defender forward, etc., it'll be inside or late second round. Uh, late yep. second so round like 17 that, to 30. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or um, that sort of 25 mark at the absolute lowest, I think. So So an interesting yeah. one to look at is uh, Cruiser. So mm. who would have seen that coming? He had a, a, well, an absolute me, stellar obviously. year. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Chris's last ruck pick of the draft. <laughs> so if you missed that one in Brisbane, uh, the Brisbane podcast, uh, Chris picked up Cruiser and absolutely killed it. Um, yes, yeah, so... Yeah. But that being said, he's hard, to, he's hard to pick this year because, I mean, he had a really good year. So a... Chances are he's not going to back it up because rocks do not back it up year to year. Especially let's face someone it. like Cruiser who's been off the park more than he's been. And on it's the been park. eight years, I think, since the number one ruck has actually been the ruck again the following year, which you know begs a question: Why would you you wouldn't even start with him? So I don't think he's super coach uh, standard relevant simply because a he's that high price point. There's better value with you know uh, Gorn and uh, Nick Natnui and Ryder and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, look, that being said, in draft, he's not bad. You'll get people looking at the averages and going, oh, look, he averaged, you know, like really well. Yeah, you won't and, pick him um, up in draft because someone else will pick him up and you, you, you're not getting any value out of Cruiser. Um, I've, I've, I've marked uh, Cruiser average about 95 if he gets all game, you know, and I'm not sure he might play 15 games, 20 games. I mean, last year was an insane amount of output for someone like Cruiser. Yeah, he averaged 109.8. For yeah. the year, so he did go on a sick run. Uh, not to mention, they also picked up as uh, a Loeb as well from yeah. Port. So there is some backup there. Someone that's a bit younger. Well, I mean, you know, and who knows what Cruiser's role is this year? Do they um, swing uh, Loeb into the number one ruck and then swing Cruiser forward? Because Cruiser's got the potential to take a grab. You know, he can kick goals, and he's a guy that can play at uh, for either full forward or he can play in the ruck. So he can kick straight for goals. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that. The Carlton, <laughs> the Carlton curse. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, Loeb is not someone that you can actually trust with a forward of the ball. Um, and that's a large reason why uh, he's not at port anymore, because he can't play with Ryder. So is there um, is the decision at Carlton to have Loeb as a backup, or is it a decision to have Loeb as the number one ruck and then have Cruiser coming in? Yeah, because um, at least Cruiser will be able to tap it down. If That's that's pretty that's a good wild theory there, but yeah. uh, worth watching. 
Um, but and I mean, you won't know until round one. That's oh, the, you that's the problem, and, and you're spending how much on on cruiser? Yeah, you you it's won't ridiculous. know. And even in draft, if you run your draft course before the start of the season, like everyone does, then he's sort of one that you, yeah. yeah you don't want to kind of pick. But he 603 did six hundred three k. Oh, oh my! Oh. Who could you get as as a mid for that price? I mean, that's crazy. Oh, you're looking at like Zorko, um, Crouch, Sloan, um, just over that six mark. Yeah, like I, yeah, no, he's a no, he's a no for me. Well, that being said, gonna... Cruiser did go on a 14 game run average of 120.5. So 14 games, he just tailed it in. Yeah, uh, he I, has you've missed the train. He has got a risk of injury, but again, yeah, he has missed the train. So I wouldn't look at him too closely. One person who has become a bit more relevant uh, is Simpson. Yeah, so, definitely. Old mate Doherty has um, yeah started to feel bad from leaving the Lions and uh, <laughs> decided he just decided know, he would take the year ACL, off. Just, yeah, just, decided just, just take the year off. Brisbane supporters who still feeling butthurt, eh? Yeah, he thought he'd take the year off. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I love Doherty. He had a a good year um, for the last couple of years. Just stand out. So I actually like watching him play. I have no hard feelings. Uh, he's not the yo. The yo. <laughs> he has no hard feelings. He just he just reminds everyone about it every time he talks about it. That's but a he's lie. got no hard feelings, guys. Don't worry about I it. I have owned Doherty, which means that I am over it. Here's the thing about Simpson. He's 34 this year, so I don't think necessarily he's going to be able to take that load. I'm quite confident that they recruited someone like Mullet to take over Simpson's role. Well, didn't they get Mullet before? He did yeah. his ACL? So they did. They, they recruited Mullet before Doherty, which gives a signal to... Uh, before Doherty got injured. So that signals to me that the intention was to play him as that Cade Simpson role, which is that forward and back, uh, almost up towards the wing and long kick into the forward line, as opposed to that sweeper quarterback role that Doherty plays. See, that's where so, we beg to differ, I think, because Mullet was very much a back pocket with elite kicking skills whose disposal efficiency was very high. Yeah, but So if you, maybe Doherty was the one pushing upfield and then Simpson well, was they, kind of filling the gaps. Well, they could have been... Well, no, the, in terms of how he plays, Simpson's... Uh, sorry, Doherty's definitely the... the he sits actually back. You'll find, If you watch a lot of Carlton footage, you'll see Doherty literally will sit in the goal square. Um, but that's what I was saying. Mullet was doing a lot of the same okay. stuff. Very or like if you look at his spreadsheet, so his heat map, a lot of his disposals were right in the back pocket. Yep. Which I think could actually really help Carlton. I think he does have a big part to play this year, but again, we don't know because you know who knows what Bolton will do. So it's more again wait and see. Yeah, there's there's really no way of telling it because um, they would never unseat Doherty from that role, um, unless of course there was some extenuating circumstances like out for the season. So maybe they have changed their entire view on someone like Mullet. But being given Simpson's age, I, I thought I would have assumed that this year would be the year that he sort of tails it down, um, maybe even retiring sometime either during the year or after the year. Don't get me wrong, he's been very durable, and especially the last couple of years, he's been very super coach relevant. Yeah. He's played 20 games in uh, 2015, 21, 2016, yeah. and again, like about, what, 20? Yeah, and um, you know, last year, he still averaged, what, 93 after averaging 106 the year before, and then 92 the year before that, so... From a defender, that those are elite numbers. Um, so well, I he's definitely say, very, con- definitely very consistent. Yeah. And I've I've listened to a lot of different podcasts and different opinions, and there are a lot of people out there thinking that uh, Simpson will hit that ninety-five sort of plus average. Problem is, I don't see too many. I don't see any other defenders really hitting that. So no matter who fills the void, I think you're still yeah. going to be looking at you know maybe a ninety-five average tops, but they'll kind of spread the load and um, yeah. yeah, try and fill in those gaps evenly. Yeah, I think um, I think at the end of the day, he could be definitely one that uh, that does average that sort of ninety to ninety-five bracket, and that puts him in potentially top six to ten um, defenders, which is good. We we really don't know at this point. Um, so for me, because of the risk though. I would just rather wait and see. I'd rather be the uh, another one that I'd pick up after the round 12 buy. 
um, as one of your either first or second upgrades in your defense, depending on which way you're going. Um, he will be cheap enough that you can do it with, should be able to do it with one trade if you get enough of an inflation and downgrade upgrade option. So you might, if he's averaging 90 to 95, you should be able to pick him up around that 450 mark, um, which puts him prime spot for that upgrade target at round 12. That's my personal opinion anyway. So Chris, who do you think will fill the void then? So if you're looking at, um, you know, Doherty's gone down. So who do you think can really step up? In terms, well, maybe no one at the end of the day, I don't think there's someone that's going to be able to average 110 plus in, in that defense. No, I mean, not, not, not 110 in, plus, but who do you think might actually be able to fill the void and wasn't maybe so much relevant before? Definitely Mullet is the guy that, that is going to probably play. Um, we do have to see that when it comes to fruition. Um, but I can't see him doing more than, I say, 80 to 85. I'm not, I'm not confident in Mullet's ability to... He's not really an accumulator. Um, I mean, he's played for North, so I mean... I'm not sure if that's a sideways trade or, or an upgrade, but um, I think he's probably one of the only ones. Having said that, there's a lot of talent at Carlton that can use the ball in defense. Yep. So, so a quick little shout-out as well. So Jackson Pallett, he was, uh, sent us a tweet, commented on one of our posts earlier, so he was wanting to know, you know who could fill the void yeah. instead of Simpson. So look, you my, my March tip... Marchbank, you've got... Marchbank, I think yep. he showed a lot of promise, um, and you know, he has been in the system for a few years. Uh, I also think uh, one that could be is Jacob Wiedering. It, yep. it just depends on Definitely. the role. Like, if he plays a friendly role, the problem is he's a bit taller, which uh, we spoke about well, personally he anyway. He's off the mark, and he's under, probably one of the only guys that's, what, he was 200K number one pick. Yep. Um, and a lot of people went on him. I got him on that year um, because he plays that DC, uh, that uh, SC friendly role in defense, chops off a lot of ball, um, tall, athletic. Kicks the ball instead of handballs. Yeah, I mean, he averaged, what, 67.7 in his first year in defence. And then last year, they moved him a bit more forward because they're a bit weak in forward, which is probably where the cruiser theory might come in with uh, Loeb. Yeah. But, I mean, I think there has been some suggestion that uh, Wittering may actually go back in defence. It just def- it depends on how everything sort of fits together. Yeah. But if he does go back and has a super coach friendly role, like, they might even try and make him a quarterback, except I think, again, he might be too tall, so they might... Opposition might make him more accountable. Well, I mean, you've also got someone who... <laughs> I don't like saying this. Um, someone who really blew onto the scene last year. Liam Jones played absolutely fantastic in defence last year. Um, blew some people away. He actually ended up averaging, I think, 85 or so. Yeah, but the problem um, is, no, I think he, he needs to play an accountable role mm. because otherwise, if you give him too much freedom, his head will blow off. Like, he's just... <laughs> you know, like, you need to go, mate... Mate, this is your role, yeah. all right? So this is your role, this is what you're doing, and you need to like stop that person from marking it. And the, the other person that we um, that could be a possibility that no one's really spoken about yet, we don't really know how where he's going to play, but someone who could potentially uh, move back is Darcy Lang. I think that um, he's probably underutilized at the Cats. I think um, he's elite. I've watched him for a few uh, years now lo- at Geelong. Love watching him play. He's got peace, uh, peace, pace to burn. Um, he's got elite kicking. Um, they didn't want to lose him at Geelong, and then unfortunately, just with the squeeze, he got shafted and went over to Carlton. Well, he, he's one to watch in a midfield role. Yeah. I think he. That's why he went to Carlton because Geelong. Let's face it, Ablett comes back in. There's just so much mid depth there. That's just crazy. Whereas Lang, he was actually really good. Like you look at a couple of years ago, they even sort of marked him as a possibility for a, a real big sort of breakout. Um, problem is, he hasn't had the opportunity, so he's been in the system long enough. Yep. I think as a midfielder, um, I think there's still definitely. Plenty, plenty watch. of run that he could do, 
And, you know, like I said, that's why I like Wiedering. I mean, he's, what, third-year breakout this year. He was the number one pick. So yeah. people are picking... He scores better as a defender. That's At the end of the day, that's that's how it is. But people are picking McGrath based on a breakout. I mean, this is his second year. Not everyone does an Oliver where they kind of do well and then next minute yeah. they just go bang straight out of the gates. I, I mean, agree. McGrath's got talent, but what about Wiedering? He was number one pick. And yep. he's taller, he's got better hands. Like, maybe, sure, he's not a midfield grunt sort of person, but for a defence line, as far as our draft goes, I yep. think he couldn't go wrong trying to pick up a weedering. Worst case scenario, like, what, he averaged 70-odd in his first year, nearly. Yep. Um, so one one the, to watch out for. People are on the Cam O'Shea train as well, and I'm not in, entirely sold that on that approach. Um, you know, he wasn't playing at Port for a reason. If he's not playing there, then he would have to show some serious promise to get in at, at Carlton. Um, if his name round one, great. I'm not sure, entirely sure he will be. Um, yeah, I'm, so just, again, I'm just waiting for the defence to stand up and whether he plays. If he if he looks like he has a good role, then look, I'll yeah, put him in. It's, it's got to be a JLT special. I mean, he's 166k, so you, you can take a punt in him. But, yeah, and um, if you're wrong, you have to downgrade, but ideally you don't want to be wrong because exactly how much right. is a trade worth to you, you know? Um, for me, it's worth more than some, but... Um, you know, talking about worth, segue, Dale, <laughs> Dale Thomas. Not, not worth anything. Dale Thomas. Oh, he's worth a lot of bank. <laughs> worth a lot of bank. I can't believe they paid that much for him, but I, I love it. It makes me feel good about myself. Mate, sure. He's not worth two postage stamps, and they're the ones that you don't even have to lick. <laughs> they probably will break halfway through it. <laughs> the broken <laughs> stamp. Yeah. They're only uh, licked on half of it. Um. Yeah, no, uh, definitely not in terms of uh, anything super coach relevant. I mean, they, it, I like Dale Thomas. I did did like Dale Thomas. I actually think he's got a lot of lot to offer. He's got a lot of X factor, but the problem is he's a lot to offer. What, as, as Satan's mistress. Here's the problem: he's, not much he's played out of a pocket in a team that doesn't get the ball forward. He, his best football was played on the ball, but he's ne- he doesn't have the legs or the body to be able to do that. It's a bit ironic that he's playing out of the pocket because Carlton's been paying out of the pocket forever. <laughs> That's also true. They haven't gotten they, their money worth. I mean, Malthouse just, he's the guy that pays it forward. <laughs> <laughs> pays it forward. Yeah, thanks, thanks, buddy. He's the kind of guy that picks up the tab. Yeah. Um, someone I really want to highlight on as that mid-price option that could go somewhere, though, is uh, definitely um, Sam Petrovsky seaton I think that he's got a hell of a lot to offer. Um, he uh, really came on the scene last year. Um, I think he had five or six tons, um, dominating games in some of them. I went to three tons, one sixteen and a one thirty four oh, yeah, in there. Five or six, but three three nineties, which is just as impressive in the yeah. first year. And he also um, he, when, when he actually is on, he's on. I went to see the uh, Carlton Collin game at the G. Uh, it was pouring with rain, and he was one of the only guys in the field that had clean use of ball and was just killing us. He had his um, own towel, yeah. toweling it up. Uh, it's, the guy can play. Um, so if you're looking at someone in Carlton who can break out, uh, he's probably my pick of the bunch for yeah. sure. Yeah, he really improved in the back end of the year. So I mean, he, he had, a, he had a few. Yeah, he had a few lower games down at the start of the year, but um, you know, like I said, he did have some really good scores. He averaged sixty-seven point seven in his first year. That's not too bad considering he is a forward mid. Um, which does give you plenty of options there. So, look, keep watch of him. Matt yep. Kennedy is another one. Uh, not for me, uh, especially. I was a bit upset when he was just named as a mid. I thought a mid-forward would have had a lot of value. Uh, but in draft in particular, if you want to watch, yeah, again, more opportunity um, going to Carlton, and there is room uh, yeah. for that role. Someone who's had elite numbers in the NEFL, but unfortunately the NEFL means nothing. And whenever he's had an opportunity at, uh, at GWS, he was really played out of position again. Um, so if he gets a, G, uh, a SC friendly role, um, yeah. he could really go well. And I think even then, you'd probably get him on the uh, waiver anyway, to be honest. So yeah. just wait and see for that one. Definitely. But I'd probably be going more on a Darcy Lang just based on the, the talent there. And he's been around a little bit longer. 
Uh, and Petrovsky is sitting there. He probably will get some mid minutes uh, as well. And he's got that flair, and oh, he can really impact like, the X factor. I, I like choosing players as well. I mean, it's Supercoach is about obviously numbers and a, a lot of research and things like that. But choosing players because they do both. You know, they you've got a real potential to break out, but they're also great to watch. I, I am biased, and, and unfortunately, it's my downfall sometimes. Um, but uh, he's just one of those players that's exciting to watch and can do wonders with the ball. So. Very biased. Where did you pick Prestia last year? <laughs> Chris? Let's not talk. Hey, ha- having said that, he had a good back end. Yeah, he did when I had him. <laughs> you <laughs> dropped him. I picked him up and he started That's, hitting hundreds yeah, for like the yeah, last 100, month. 100, 100. Yeah, I know. I enjoyed that later. <laughs> so, um, one person to watch. And this yeah. is this is what I'm really torn on, uh, Chris. And I'm sure the community is as well. I've seen a few people putting them in their sides. Or does he or does he not fit in? Uh, the young Cuda, the the Cuda Cuda mold, yes. uh, Charlie Kernow. That guy, he the taller, more of, attractive brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, in terms of size, he's got that sort of Crips mold to him. Hey, he's uh, very tall, very athletic. Um, can play uh, forward of the ball, can play on the ball, runs hard. Um, he just wins ball like it's going out of fashion. I really like again watching him play. It's whether or not he's going to be able to uh, transition that into uh, mid minutes, um, and he's got a big enough tank. I'm not exactly sure this year is his year, but he did have a really good and impressive back end to last year. He did. So he averaged 74.2 for the season, but that being said, he averaged 92.7 through his final 10 games. So he had some real big ceiling in there as well, yeah. uh, and that included four tons and 390. So yeah, he definitely was one to watch in the back end of the year. On the I, radar. Well, yeah, I versed someone in draft, and I thought it was a bit of a, a laugh because I thought, well, any game this guy could score horrible, and then he just, yeah, he was just doing really no well, and it was a, a great pickup by yeah. all accounts. And yeah, he's four hundred k, which sort of puts him at that teetering price point of, okay, well, the next step up is your Devin Smith, your next step up from that's your Jordan Degoe and your, your Petraka, um, or I think even Petraka might be around about the same price point. And out of those, I mean, you make your decision. You can't have them all. Because I tried this one year. They're not Pokemon. No, definitely not. You've got to go with your gut on one and and hope that it picks. If you're picking up two, then it's a risk. If you go three or four guys that are potentially going to break out, you, you'll fail your whole year. Yep. And it's, it's, a, it's a big difference this year compared to last year. Last year, there was just value left, right and centre. Yep. People changing new clubs, new role changes. And you could actually see a lot of value. It was yep. just more about picking the right ones. Whereas this year, I look through and I can tell you that there's not much mid-price talent. A yep. couple here and there, but at the same time, I think it could very much well be a Guns and Rockies yep. year. 100%. And, you know, Gibbs' departure, I don't think, paves way for someone like a Kurnow. It's for a Darcy Lang or a Podrevsky seaton to come in there. It's not... Or Paddy Dow. Yeah, or someone like a Paddy Dow, um, who's really impressive uh, yep. so far in his preseason. So one to watch in the rookies, Paddy Dow. Look, uh, I think he had some end-of-season surgery, because I know that because I was hoping the Lions were going to pick him up. Uh, he was apparently one of the most uh, considered one of the most well-rounded packages in 2017. Mm. So they don't go about that lightly. Yes, he's a little bit lighter, but at the same time, if you've got the skills, they might just play him. So I don't know if he'll play round one. I think uh, he could be in with a chance. It just depends on how he recovered and how uh, you know, how he's, how well he's worked. And even if he did, he's very expensive. But keep an eye on him. He is expensive, but at the same time, again, there is a position there. So whether they make it his, he is the highest draft pick that Colton's had in the midfield in a while. Yeah. Because um, they've traded, like, let's, let's face it, half of their picks to GWS in the last how many years? Yeah, and... there's no, I mean, you know, not to mention that their number one picks haven't exactly worked out. Well, they've picked years. positional players as yeah. well, you know, <laughs> so you, it's uh, just one of those things. I mean, yeah, they've picked Weedering and. 193k for Paddy Dow is just, I mean, 
Look, it's it's at that point where if he goes real well in JLT, gets named round one, then you think about it. Um, I, would, I would think about it. But um, at the same time, I actually don't have him in my side at the moment, yeah. uh, simply because I think there's a couple of other better options, yep. uh, including uh, one of the Gold Coast sort of rookies as well, who I think will get more midfield time at this point in time. Yeah, definitely. But we'll get into I that. I 100% agree with you on that one. The one rookie that um, I think everyone's got at the moment, just because... Uh, he's cheap and could be available would be someone like Jared Garlett. Um, I don't necessarily think that he will play round one, but something to watch in the JLT just in case um, he does pop up and get your 60s and 70s. And I think he's ready. I think he's ready. He, by all, like, from what I've been reading anyway, they were saying, um, you know, look, he, things weren't working out too well for him before, uh, so he had to go and take a, you know, care of some family stuff or something like that. But uh, he's ready. He's fit. He's, he's definitely he's, got the talent. Well, he was a top. What was he like a top twenty pick easily mm. in 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 um, yeah the draft there for for the AFL. But I just think that's a man that's got talent. He's got that X factor, and uh, I think he'll have the legs. And I think they need him. I honestly think there's a role for there that, that they need. Yeah, and I, I mean, think he'll I've, play that pressure as well. I think he's. But in. They really haven't recovered in their four one really after the bets. Um, and he's ridiculousness. Cheap. I can't he's believe they cheap. still got rid of him. But um, yeah, look, there's there's a spot there if you, if you're looking for forward bench at the moment. Um, there's much worse that you could do. Oh, you yeah. could do so much worse. Guaranteed. Yeah. Okay, so we'll do a little draft round out. So like we said, we had Crips in that sort of what rounds two to three. I think uh, Murphy, based on his average, will probably be that uh, round three to four. But I could see him sliding depending on preferences. I know we have a Carlton fan in our mix, uh, so he'll probably try and lock up some of those early. And yep. that's the other thing to note as well. They're also good for trading, bargaining chips. If you can get one of the players that uh, someone else in your league is keen on, then you can really trade them off. I mean, there was yeah, one guy... like my Rocky bias. Yes, correct. <laughs> and there's um, well, there's one guy that liked um, Richmond, and I was able to trade him uh, Jack Rewalt for uh, JJK at the back end of the year. Um, so, yeah, again, just know your, know your opposition. Uh, Cruiser as well, he could go anywhere from round three to six. It just depends on when that ruck starts. Uh, usually it's round three, people start going on rucks, and then... If start people going with uh, Gorn and Nick Nat, then someone will look at the averages and might just pick off the next highest. So be aware of that. And then I've got Simpson around uh, round five, five to seven, just based on potential and limited options. I think There's not much in defence. He might even go earlier, but you don't want to pick him earlier. No. Just don't do it. <laughs> and not, I, think, I think that sums up Carlton. So next we have the prestigious Collingwood. Yes. Um, and the I'm greatest sure... Greatest club in the land, some would say. So I'd just like to say thanks for <laughs> listening at this point in time. And uh, I don't know if I'll get in a word in the next segment. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but look, you know, this is... We've been having fun with it. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. And um, Feedback is appreciated. Feel, feel free to give us as much feedback as possible or banter. Or if you don't agree with us, tell us why. We'd love to... Um, go back and forth or even address some of those questions. We, we will do some quick Q&As further into the off-season. Or even some closing music, you know. So Yeah. <laughs> until the next time, this is Supercoach Insider. We'll catch you later. Have a good one. It may not mean nothing to y'all Understand nothing was done for me So I don't plan on stopping at all I want this shit forever, mine, never mine, never mine I shut this shit down in the mall Tell a nerd girl she the one for me